Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. He didn't require me to give him my money, and he didn't control it. But what he did was, he knew that I couldn't afford to live alone. Mm. So when it came time to like pay the bills and pay the rent, he knew that if I didn't get his money or the other half, yep. everything was under my name. Mm -hmm. So he knew that all he had to do was pick up and leave. And how was I going to figure it out? So because he knew this, he would threaten that he'd leave. Like, how was I going to pay the rent? And toward the end, like when we separated, he took his name off the light bill without telling me anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know his name was on the light bill. It was a hot mess. This episode discusses topics like domestic violence and financial abuse. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to Yo Quiero Dinero. This is your host, Janice, and you're listening to episode 108, How to Overcome Financial Abuse with Jennifer Toledo of Talk Finances to Me. Jennifer is a Latina personal finance educator and creator of Talk Finances to Me, a blog, YouTube channel, and TikTok dedicated to teaching women how to manage their money while living their best life. After escaping a toxic relationship, Jennifer committed to building her financial literacy in order to build her life back. On her platform, she talks about all things related to money and personal finance. 
She wanted someone to help her understand how to manage money, how to organize her finances, and how to build generational wealth, so she became her. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, so I wanted to use this platform to bring light to this very common but very misunderstood type of abuse, which is financial abuse. According to the National Network to End Domestic Violence, financial abuse is a common tactic used by abusers to gain power and control in a relationship. The forms of financial abuse may not be as overt as physical abuse, but in general, they include tactics to conceal information, limit the victim's access to assets, or reduce accessibility to the family's finances. Financial abuse, along with emotional, physical, and sexual abuse, includes behaviors that intentionally manipulate, intimidate, and threaten a victim in order to entrap that person in the relationship. In some cases, financial abuse is present throughout the relationship, and in other cases, financial abuse becomes present when the survivor is attempting to leave or has left the relationship. Financial abuse, while less commonly understood, is one of the most powerful methods for keeping a survivor trapped in an abusive relationship and deeply diminishes the victim's ability to stay safe after leaving an abusive partner. Research shows that financial abuse occurs in 99% of domestic violence cases, and it's so common that it happens to close to one in four women. So if you're not the person experiencing financial abuse right now, you absolutely know someone who is. As with all forms of abuse, financial abuse occurs across all socioeconomic, educational, and racial and ethnic groups. Surveys of survivors reflect that concerns over their ability to financially provide for themselves and their children was one of the top reasons for staying in or returning to an abusive partner. The short-term and long-term effects of financial abuse can be devastating. In the short-term, access to assets are imperative to staying safe. Without assets, survivors are often unable to find safe and affordable housing or the funds to provide for themselves or their families. With realistic fears of homelessness, it is no wonder that survivors sometimes are forced to return to an abusive partner. For those who manage to escape the abuse and survive initially, they often face overwhelming odds in obtaining long-term financial security and safety. Ruined credit scores, sporadic employment histories, and legal issues caused by the abuse can make it extremely difficult to gain independence, safety, and long-term security. If you or someone you know is being abused, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. Or visit nnedv.org. That's the National Network to End Domestic Violence. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. 
Now, let's get into the episode. Jennifer, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let's start off with you introducing yourself to the audience. Sure. So my name is Jennifer from TalkFinancesToMe.com. I manage the blog and my TikTok account as well, mostly gearing to women, helping them manage and budget their money, especially women in relationships, dating, single women who have kids, just basically getting their money together, managing it. I love it. So can you talk a little bit about your relationship with money was like growing up? Like, what did you learn about it? Sure. So my relationship with money in my household, when I was growing up, my parents taught me that I had to work really hard for my money. And they taught me very early on that I had to be responsible with money and they taught me responsibility. So at the age of 14, I got my first job. I worked with my mom at a little veterinary clinic. They paid me on the table. (laughs) And with that money, I think I got paid like $100 every two weeks, something like that. And she required me to pay all of my bills. I had a cell phone. That's when when the little blue Nokias came (laughs) out. And I had to pay my phone bill. They bought me a car at that time. My brothers and me, we went to separate schools or whatever. So I had to get my own car, so I was required to pay for the car insurance, the gas. And I was like, but mom, I don't have any money after everything. And And how old were you? 14. Wow. Mom was teaching those lessons young. (laughs) Oh, real young. She was like, no, you want to work? You want a car? You want a phone? You're going to learn what it's like. She's like, it wasn't easy for me. And my mom, her mom has a third grade education and she never had to work a day in her life. My grandpa from Puerto Rico, they he like took care of her. Mm-hmm. So my mom's like the first generation that graduated high school. My mom's like growing up, we didn't have it like this. So you're going to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Every dollar was either paid to bills or if I ever had money left over, I spent it. Mm-hmm. And I never saved money. And if I did, it was barely anything. So for me, it was always having to like make more money, make more money. And then when I made more money, I'd spend it. (laughs) Girl, that is my life. I was convinced that after earning a certain amount of money a year, like I was magically going to become rich. I was magically going to be saving a ton of money. And it's like, no, the more money you make, if you don't have a budget in the system, like you have more money that will disappear and you'll never know like what happened to it. No. (laughs) It disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's talk more about that. So you're an adult now, you're earning income. And Mm -hmm. so you find yourself in debt. Tell me what happened. Yeah. So I uh, moved out of my parents' house at the age of 19. I had my first son when I was 21. And I moved out alone. And I quickly (laughs) learned the importance of having an emergency fund, having money saved for a rainy day. Mm -hmm. Later on, I found myself in a really controlling, toxic, nasty relationship that I could have sworn, girl, if you would have asked me back then, I was in love. (laughs) He could do no harm. (laughs) Yep. I know that feeling. (laughs) And my mom was like, you're brainwashed. You need to let go of this person. And I was like, no, there's no way. Whatever. Long story short, 
toward the tail end of that relationship, I found myself having to save my money as much as I could because I knew that I needed to leave. But I knew as a single mother, I had to figure it out on my own. And me being stubborn, I didn't want to go back to my parents' house because I didn't want to look as if didn't have it together. So I was like, there's no way I can go back to my parents' house. My parents are going to, of course, they'd take me with no problem, but I didn't want that. So yeah, I got my stuff together. I budgeted. I literally tracked every single dollar, penny, you name it. I saved enough money and I ended that relationship. I was so, so happy. Oh my gosh. I am so glad to hear that. And I think that's something that like we don't talk enough about, especially in the personal finance community, like being in an abusive relationship fucks with your money tremendously. Oh my God. Yes, it does. And mm-hmm. there's people now that are starting to talk about like this concept of financial abuse. And a lot of women don't even realize that they might be being abused financially. Like if your partner like forces you to give them your paycheck or like controls what you spend or guilts you into giving them money, like there's so many ways that we can be manipulated when we're in love. And it's like a cascading effect, right? Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because in my situation, he didn't require me to give him my money and he didn't control it. But what he did was he knew that I couldn't afford to live alone. Mm. So when it came time to like pay the bills and pay the rent, he knew that if I didn't get his money or the other half, everything was under my name. So he knew that all he had to do was pick up and leave. And how was I going to figure it out? So because he knew this, he would threaten that he'd leave. Like, how was I going to pay the rent? And toward the end, like when we separated, he took his name off the light bill without telling me anything. I didn't even know his name was on the light bill. It was a hot mess. So like when you're in that type of situation, no, they don't necessarily have to control your money, but they know because you can't afford to live alone, they'll threaten that. Yeah, absolutely. Or threaten you with like ruining your credit, right? Because then if you couldn't pay those bills and they're in your name, guess whose credit's going to get screwed, right? Yep, that's happened to me before. Oh, girl, we've all done this shit. I'm like, <laughs> remember back to my teenage years when I co-signed on a credit card with an ex-boyfriend. And of course, like he maxed it out right before we broke up. And then like my name was on it. So guess who ended up paying the bill? Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. We do some dumb shit for love, don't we? <laughs> I know. And then you look back, you're like, dang, like, he wasn't uh, even that. Like, he wasn't. He never is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel a kindred spirit here. All right. So let's talk more about your debt situation before you decided to make a change. So how much debt did you have and where did it come from? Okay. So the first time around that I had debt, it was about $10,000 and it was mostly credit card debt. And that was... About 2015, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So majority of that was credit card debt. And then I ended up paying it off with my, I had a tax return, a really high one. I paid it off and I promised myself I wouldn't do it again. And then I got into that toxic relationship. So I had to pull out those credit cards because I had to figure it out because that him as a person like he would look down on me if I didn't buy him stuff or mm. if I didn't think about him. So like I would always like put stuff on credit cards. So I ended up racking up another 11000 around there. What I did was took that and put it into a balance transfer credit card. So I stopped paying interest on all that. And as of right now, 
I have about $4,000 of it left. So now I just have to pay it off and it'll be paid off by May around there, mm. May 2021. That's awesome. Okay. So talk a little bit more about balance transfers for people who don't know what they are and how they work. Yeah. So a balance transfer credit card, it's just like a regular credit card, but they give you the option to transfer your balance from another credit card. It can be from the same bank though. And for instance, in my situation, I had like a Victoria's Secret balance. I had a Macy's balance and I went ahead and transferred that to my balance transfer credit card that I opened with PNC Bank. And they gave me a introductory uh, time period where they wouldn't charge me any interest, which mine was two years. And they said, okay, within these two years, if you pay it off, you will not pay any additional interest on this transfer that you made from these banks. They do, however, charge you a percentage fee. So they charge me a two, I want to say a 2% fee on the amount. So I had to pay that up front, but for two years, they were in this new credit card account, accumulating zero interest. Yeah, that's a super powerful way to pay off debt. And I don't think enough people talk about it. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same way that I paid off over $10,000 in credit card debt. I think there's some myths around like just the process of transferring a balance and like if it hurts your credit, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, it's not a big deal, like opening a credit line, especially if it's going to allow you to pay off debt interest-free. Like there's not a lot of places that you can get interest-free money right? other than like balance transfers and maybe something with a credit union or something like that. Right. I've had someone ask me, well, why would I transfer my balance if I have to pay that two or 3% fee? And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, well, if you think about it, how much are you paying in interest a month? I was paying $300 in interest a month. Right. So it made sense to me. What they charged me was equivalent to about two months worth of interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I said, okay, that's the no brainer. Yeah. I'll pay you off this. I'll pay the, I think it was like 600 bucks. I'll pay that. And then I'll have it sit in this account for two years where I'm able to make additional payments to it and then reduce it that way rather than having it in the credit card account. And then it accumulating interest every single month because I can't pay it off. Right. Yeah. And I've actually found once in a while, a balance transfer that has a 0% interest and 0% balance transfer fee. So if you can get your hands on one of those, you're not paying any money to move that debt onto that new card. And then you just pay it off by the time that that promo period expires. And you have literally like saved thousands of dollars and not paid any additional fees to do that. Right, right. And that's awesome. If you could find that, that's really good. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about kind of what motivated you to change the way that you handled your finances. What was your kind of gateway drug to personal finance? How did that start? So that started with me at one of my previous corporate jobs. I had a work mom. Her name was Miss Sharon and she used to take care of me. She would bring me lunch and she would like make sure I was okay. And one day she heard me on the phone and I was fighting back and forth with a collection agency. And they were like telling me, oh, you need to pay this amount of money. I think it was like $600. And they're like, oh, we're going to garnish your paycheck. And I'm like, what? That's not, you can't even do that. Like, why would, <laughs> so I was going back and forth with them and she overheard me and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know this collection company. I have no idea who they are. They're telling me they're going to garnish my paycheck and that if I ever want to buy a house in the future, they're going to ruin that for me. And she's like well, why don't you just pay it off? And I was like, I can't do that. I can't afford it. So she's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you my CDs. <laughs> so she pulled out the Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University set 
from underneath her desk. I was like, you have this under the desk? Wow. (laughs) She's committed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She was like, oh, yeah, I don't play with my money. And she's like, here, start listening to them. And back then, our job was, I was a reimbursement. So I did medical billing. You could sit down and listen to whatever all day long. So I was listening to it, whatever. And I was like, you know what? It put a fire under my behind. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my situation started. I need to fix this debt situation. My credit is like horrible. I need to get this under control. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I started putting things in order, budgeting, taking it seriously, really. Okay. And that's really how it started. Got it. Okay. So let's dive into the specific strategies that you use to start getting out of debt. What was your plan of attack? So I definitely wanted to do like the debt avalanche method. I wanted to save as much money as possible and pay off my debt as soon as possible at the same time. <laughs> I'm a number person. So it didn't make sense to me to do like the debt snowball because I was like, over time, I'm going to pay so much money in interest and it just makes more sense. So I definitely went toward the debt avalanche method and trying to tackle the high interest debt first. And then once I took care of my credit cards and put them into a balance transfer account, then I started to save more money toward my emergency fund while paying that off as well. Okay. Did you do like side hustles or did you work extra hours or like how did you tackle the credit card debt in a way that you knew you were going to be able to pay it fast? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Yeah, I did side hustles. I sold 
a lot of stuff on eBay. I went to thrift stores Mm -hmm. and I would find different pieces, sell them on eBay. I also worked extra shifts at my job. I did on-call, which was like horrible, but (laughs) (laughs) I did it. I was like, the money is worth it. I'll just do it. It's temporary anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did that. And then that's when I also started what is now Talk Finances to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to create this into a, a side hustle as well. I won't make money at the beginning, but eventually it'll turn into something. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's how I started. I love it. Side hustles are super powerful. And that's why I talk about them so much because I feel like once you have your money shit together, like you have a budget and you have some savings, like the thing that's really going to allow you to make progress with your financial goals is making more money. Like that's just the math, right? The math just adds up to that. Right, right. Like everyone's like, oh, we'll reduce your expenses. And I'm like, listen, you can only reduce it so much where you're so uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're hating life. And then guess what's going to happen? You're going to stop. Yeah. You're going to go right back. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about your money struggles as a mom, right? Because that's also, I'm sure, a source of stress when you're going through this stuff, being responsible for another person. Like, What advice do you have for other single moms or moms in general that might be facing hardships with their money? Like, What advice or encouragement would you give to them? Well, first off, I'm going to start with encouragement because I know I needed that so much. Where you are right now is not where you're going to be forever. And just recognizing that you need help and recognizing that you are struggling is so beneficial because back then I didn't think of it like that. I thought I had it all together, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing like, wow, okay, I need to stop. (laughs) I need to take a chill pill. I can't say yes to everything. I had to get the matching Jordans for my son and Mm -hmm. for me and then the matching outfits. And I felt as a mom, like if I couldn't give him these things, like, was I really a mom, Mm -hmm. you know? And back then there was no, okay, I'm going to buy you some shoes from Target. No, like, Back then, my mindset was, oh, no, my son's not wearing no Target shoes. Mm. So I had to really get humble myself. Like, you're going into more debt. You're trying to look good. You're trying to make your kid look good because you want the world to see that you're the best mom that you could possibly be. But in reality, you're just hurting yourself, especially if you can't afford it. Like, if you could afford it, that's different. But if you can't afford it and you're already in debt, you don't know where your money is going. That's what happened to me. I can only speak on my situation. So just recognizing that you need to make a change. And then knowing that flashy things, name brands, all those things, kids do not care about that. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, your son or your daughter is not going to be like, mom, I can't believe you bought me. You made me wear this. Like, it's not going to matter in the future. (laughs) Yeah, that's such a good point. And I feel like a lot of us face this pressure to like live up to a certain standard and like look a certain way because of what society quote unquote paints as a picture of success. And I think a lot of that has to do with our mindset. So how did you actually work on your mindset to be able to shift away from that perspective that was keeping you spending money unnecessarily on those expensive things? I'll be really honest with you. It had a lot to do with my surroundings. Mm. I spent a lot of time with people that did that. That's what they would do. 
to them, it was all about shopping and spending and going out and wasting money that they didn't have. So I had to quickly realize, okay, it's either I'm going to go down the rabbit hole with you or I'm going to take a step back and put me and my child first. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that. I had to cut ties with people. I had to stop going out with certain people. I had to stop associating with other people. And I'm not going to blame it on just them because it was me too. Yeah. But it also helps when you realize, okay, these people are, are also telling me or doing it with me. Mm-hmm. So I want to do it with them too, you know? Yeah. So did you find people to kind of go on the debt-free journey with like accountability partners or anything like that? Oh, girl, no. <laughs> you were like, ride or die, I'm doing this on my own. <laughs> no, you know why? Because <laughs> even to this day, when I talk about money, especially like to family and friends, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't feel comfortable. They yeah. just don't. Especially like, I can speak only for my family. It's not a topic of conversation. Nobody likes to talk about it that much. Why do you think well, that is? I don't know if it's the cultural thing. Honestly, I don't know. I can speak about it with my mom. She'll talk to me about it Mm -hmm. with no problem. And my dad, for the most part. But like the rest of my family, I don't know. When I talk about it, people look, they look at me weird. Yeah. No, I get it. And I get the same reactions. And so many people that come on the podcast, because I talk mostly exclusively to people of color on this podcast. And that's the common theme. It's like money is as taboo or even more so than like talking about sex, which is kind of nuts, right? But I think that is also what contributes to our overall lack of financial literacy and why we end up growing up to be adults that don't know what the hell we're doing with money and have to go through all of this struggle to figure our shit out. Yeah. So along those lines, like what are some of the struggles that you have faced like internally from a mindset perspective, when you think about like things like investing and building wealth and things that you probably were not taught about, what's kind of like the mindset shift that you've had to make around becoming a wealthy person or aspiring to become a wealthy woman? So I want to start off with saying when I first started learning about investing, I learned about it in my first corporate job. And we were talking about 401k. We were in the conference room and I was the only Latina in the room. Mm. Everyone else was older white males. And they were talking about investing in 401k. And I didn't know where to put my face. Mm. I had no idea what they were talking about. I felt intimidated. Mm -hmm. I felt like, am I even able to accomplish wealth? Am I even able to learn how to invest? And then I would talk to my mom, like my mom, my dad about it. My parents invest, but they don't know the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. They just know that they have to. Yeah. So they never really taught me. They just told me, okay, you need a 401k. And that was about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had to make a mindset shift that I have to learn this on my own. This is something that I have to teach myself if I want my kids to invest when they get older, if I want my family to become wealthy. I have to do this on my own and it's intimidating. Yes. Not a lot of people that look like me talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it has to be done. And I will tell you, it was a scary thing because ultimately you're putting your money in the market and you're like, holy shit, like, am I going to lose it? (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was really scary in the beginning. 
even to this day, I talk to my mom and I'm like, mom, you know, I'm always checking up on her. I'm like, hey, did you transfer all the money to your investment accounts? She's like, little by little, I'm doing it. (laughs) And I'm like, mom, what are you waiting for? And she's like, oh, I just, I don't think I should transfer all of it. And I'm like, (laughs) it is a process. Like, As Latinos, like we just focus on saving and buying a house. Like that is what people do to build wealth. And like there's so much untapped potential that we are missing out on by just not exploring all these other avenues of like building wealth that Mm -hmm. lots of other cultures have been using for like generations. Yep. That's a hundred percent true. So as a mom, I'm curious, like, how do you teach your is it a son or daughter? I have two sons and my fiance has two daughters. Okay. So how do you teach your kids about money? My youngest is two and my oldest is 10. And then my fiance's daughters, they live in Virginia. So for the majority of the time, we're talking to the two youngest, the boys. And my 10-year-old, I started talking to him about money as soon as I started seeing that he was interested in money. And when he started giving interest, like, oh, mom, can I have money? Or, oh, mom, I want to buy this. Or, oh, mom, you know, this is so expensive. When I started hearing him talk like that, that's when I figured, okay, this is a good time to start planting a seed in his brain to let him think about money. Mm -hmm. And so every time he gets money, I tell him, listen, yes, you're going to be able to spend some, but you have to save money. And he's like, oh, mom, like, why? (laughs) And I'm like, you have to, puppy. You have to, because if you don't, what's going to happen when you need it? And he's like, I don't know. I'll just ask you. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. He should know because your mom didn't do that for you. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) No, and then my mom's like, ay, déjalo, you know, give it to him. She's the gentle grandma now. She ain't trying to teach no lessons no more. (laughs) Girl, none, none at all. I'm like, I look at her like, really? <laughs> yeah, they change when they become grandparents. They get soft. <laughs> oh gosh, she's like, oh, Liam, don't be so hard on him. <laughs> so yeah, I tell him that he has to save. Yeah, and then we play like roles in the house where I'll tell him, okay, I'll give him like a scenario to see where his head is and Mm -hmm. see what he thinks about. I'll tell him about credit cards and I'll give him a scenario. Okay, if you're at the store, you're trying to buy this, but you only have this amount of money, what are you going to do? And most of the time, it's always like, well, I'll just get more money or I'll just. (laughs) I mean, that is a solution to a certain extent, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm constantly talking to him about it. And right now I'm focusing on teaching him how to save, not to waste everything. Mm, I love it. That's such an important lesson. And so shout out to you because you are setting the kids up for success. (laughs) Thank you. So what does financial self-care mean to you and how do you practice it yourself? I love this question, honestly. (laughs) Financial self-care to me is making sure that I never experienced what I did before. Mm. And that for me, that means making sure that my credit cards are paid off every month and on time, making sure that I'm tracking every single dollar that I know where it's going, making sure that my future self is going to pat me on the back and say, (laughs) thank you, girl. And making sure that at the end of the day, my family is going to be okay. And I'm not frivolously wasting money 
like I used to, mm-hmm. I spend at least 20 minutes, maybe 30 every single day looking at my accounts, tracking my expenses, paying things that need to be paid. And honestly, I feel so good when I do it because mm-hmm. I feel like at the end of the week, at the end of the month, like everything's paid off. I've saved X amount of money. I made extra money. And it just feels good that I never have to worry about what I went through before. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's really just about prioritizing your finances the same way that you would like any other type of self-care. Mm-hmm. It's so mm-hmm. important. And I would argue that it's probably some of the most impactful self-care that you can do. Oh, yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. what advice would you give to somebody who is ready to start getting control of their finances, but is overwhelmed with where to start? The first thing that I would say is to really figure out their why, because that's going to keep them accountable throughout the course of their financial journey. If they're just doing it because they think it's cool or because they want to do it because someone else did it, it's not really going to stay like that. You need to know why you're doing it. So if it's your kids, your future, you want to have a baby, you want to change in career, whatever, you need to figure that out first. Mm -hmm. And then once you figure that out, then I tell this to all of my clients, the people I talk to, my family, my friends, you need to know your numbers. Yeah, Like you need to know how much money you make an hour, how much money you make a year, how much are your monthly bills, how much is your debt, your interest, your minimum payments, your due dates. You need to know all of it. It's important because you can't set goals if you don't know where you currently stand. Mm-hmm. So if you set a goal to save $1,000 extra this year, How can you possibly do that if you don't even know if you have the extra thousand dollars to save? Mm -hmm. Does it fit in that in your budget? So that's the second thing I would say. And then finally, I would say the next thing would be to get organized, tracking your expenses, getting some type of planner, whether it's a piece of paper you have at home or a five dollar planner from Walmart, something so that you're able to put your bills on a calendar put your paydays on the calendar and get organized with your bills, when you're going to pay certain things, how much money you have left over, getting your credit cards in order. And then once you get organized, then you can start creating financial goals based on where you currently stand. I love that. So do you follow a manual budgeting system or do you use like a software of some sort? I actually created my own budget template. Ooh, yes. Where can we find that? <laughs> it's actually, I'm testing it out. I've okay. been testing it out for months now. And I told myself, I don't want to put out a product if I don't absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to just make money off of people and I don't even use it myself. Yeah. So I'm actually testing it. I don't know if you're familiar with Elite Blogging Academy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm in their program and... I've already created the product, which is my budget planner. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll be out by the end of March. We love it. Mm-hmm. We'll keep an eye out for that. Okay, cool. Thank you. So what is your money mantra? My money mantra is the more money I have, the more choices I have. Mm. I mean, that says it all, right? Like, do you feel like you really started to live that once you got control of your finances? A hundred percent. I got to choose where I wanted to live. I got to choose what kind of car I drove. I got to choose what I did throughout the week. Like it's a form of freedom that you don't experience when 
you don't have the money. Mm, I love it. Well, Jennifer, this has been an amazing conversation. And for folks that want to find out more about you and follow your journey, where can we find you? So you can find me at Talk Finances to Me on Instagram, on Facebook, TikTok, and my blog at www.talkfinancestome.com. I love it. And I love your TikTok, by the way. Like you are an amazing TikToker. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I haven't posted in so long. I've honestly been going through like a social media a detox. <laughs> detox. Yeah, there's so much going on. Like <laughs> There really is. You ain't missing nothing. Trust me. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start. That's yoquierodineropodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.